Hey guys, welcome to our first midweek service. As Eric told you, we we are abiding by the shelter-in-place laws and rules and expectations, but we wanted to get together another time. We see so much value in connecting with each other, and right now this is the best way for us to connect. And so I want to encourage you to share this, uh, tag your friends in it, share the YouTube link. Let's spread the word that we can connect more than just Sunday. And many of us are connecting digitally anyway. We've got some community groups that are meeting through Zoom and Google Hangouts. And I want to encourage you, if you want to meet with some people to chat about this, feel free to do so. Or you can just fill the comment section of this feed with questions, uh, comments, concerns. But I'm excited for us to get to share time together where we can worship, where we can sing together uh, from the comfort of our own home, but still be together, where we can sit under the teaching of God's word together. I think that's going to be so beneficial for us. And so we're going to kick off a series called Psalms. There are 150 Psalms, and so if we do one a week, then we can cover all of them in about three years, which I'm hoping we don't necessarily have to do. But while we have the time, let's use the time wisely. It's a crazy time. It's officially a pandemic. A season of pandemic is uh, not necessarily unprecedented, but many of us who are alive today have not lived through a pandemic. Many of us alive today have not dealt with something this intense, this strange. Nothing like this throws a rhythm off. And so we're going through some hard times. We're going through some weird times. Our kids are home from school when they're supposed to be in school or they're watching school on TV or their computer. It just changes the conversation. It changes the rhythm. We have spouses co-working together in the same home, and that's raising some concerns. We're learning new habits. We're relearning old habits. So we need to be together and learn from God in this season. We need to use this season to best receive what he would have for us, to care well for each other by practicing social distancing, by sheltering in place, to care well for other people who may not have all of their needs met. Maybe they've lost their job. Maybe they've lost the ability to go out and shop. We as a church are doing what we can. We've got a bunch of people who have signed up to go grocery shopping as other people may need it. We, as a church, have raised about 71,000 pounds of food for Good Samaritans of Garlands through our financial gifts and through our actual gifts of food being brought to the church. But we've shifted all of that to where we're giving food directly to Good Sam since our church is on lockdown and we are sheltering in place. I want to encourage us to continue to be the body of Christ. But let's spend some time reading in the Psalms. So we're going to be in Psalm 145 today. We're going to try to put the text up on the screen as much as possible, but I want to encourage you to dust off your Bible, to open a Bible tab, BibleGateway.com, or whichever Bible app you prefer to use, and read along as we read through the different psalms that we'll cover week to week. This week, it's Psalm 145, and this psalm is a great one for us to sort through in this crazy season, because it's a psalm that we can run to in times of stress, in times of worry, in times of doubt, and it's a psalm that points us to a firm foundation and that's who God is. Some fun facts about this psalm. It's written by King David, and it's one of the last psalms that we know King David wrote. It begins the end of the book of Psalms, and the the end of the book of Psalms is filled with praise for God. It's filled with adoration for God and his character and recognizing who he is. In ancient Jewish times, people would recite this psalm three times a day. They would say, if you recited this psalm, Psalm 145, three times a day, then you would be counted lucky. You'd be counted worthy. Not that we can earn grace, not that we can earn forgiveness, but 
Jews believed that if they read this three times, they'd be reminded every day, multiple times a day of God's goodness, of God's character and his provision. So I want us to read it today, this evening, or whenever you're watching, let's read it together and see what we can learn about God. If you're kind of a history nut or big into Hebrew or historical languages, this is called an acrostic psalm, which means that each line of the psalm starts with uh, the next letter in the alphabet in the Hebrew language. And so much like in our language, it would start with A and then the next line's B and then C and then D. This follows that pattern. And Hebrew, the, the Hebrew language does that in a way that allows us to memorize this. They've done this so that we could read it and then remember, read and then remember, read and then remember. And now's a great season for us to read and then remember what God would say. So I want us to look at this. David broke it up into four sections, really, where he set a foundation for us to praise God. He starts seven verses of let's praise God. And then after that, the next 14 verses, he breaks it down to here's three big categories that shows God is worthy of our praise, deserving of our praise. And it kind of highlights some things that we're going through very specifically right now as a nation, as a city, as a church, as a community of believers, as a world even. David is in our shoes in this psalm in some ways. And so we get to read it together. And before we read, I want us to think, how would God want us to respond in times of pandemic? Because I think Psalm 145 is the response that he might want for us. He's, he's wanting us to live this way and be this way in this season. So we're going to read the first few verses together, uh, Psalm 145, 1 through 7, if you want to read along. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. God is worthy of our praise. And that's kind of what King David is outlining there. There are so many ways for us to praise and so many things about God that are praise worthy. And he wants us to praise him in the way that we're communicating, in the way that we're meditating, in the way that we're reacting to what the world has for us. And I think we can live a life of praise right now. He highlights a few things that I want to draw out for us to better understand. He uses the word unsearchable in verse three. His greatness is unsearchable. That word shows up a few times in scripture, and it, it talks about how we, we can't even look beyond how great you are. It is how great you are. Romans eleven thirty three says, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. His goodness is all around. His goodness is for us. And we may have a hard time seeing that right now. And David's going to give us a little hope in that. He's, he's going to show us how to see God in that. But let's focus on praising God first. I think he sets an important precedent for us. As we look in verse 4 to 7, that's kind of like, respond this way to times of tragedy. Respond this way to times of trauma, to times of pandemic. Because that response is going to help us draw near to who God is 
and also help others see who God is through the way that we respond. He talks about how one generation shall commend your works to another generation. So a group of people is going to show and tell another group of people for generations to come about who God is. And I can't tell someone 300 years from now about God's goodness directly, but I can tell my children who will tell their children, who will tell their children, who will tell their children. And I think a lot of us have faith that is a product of generations telling their children about God's goodness. A lot of us are a product of someone's great-great-great-grandparents told their great-great-grandparents about Jesus and the goodness he has for them and the grace that is available to us every day. And we're benefiting from that. And that's the pattern that King David highlights when he says, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. That means we're telling people about what God is doing. A season of pandemic is going to mark who we are. I think forever and always, people are going to remember COVID-19 for one reason or another. They're going to remember the people that lived through that and how it disrupted the entire world's economy. It disrupted our schedules. It disrupted our vacation plans, our wants, our wishes. It changed everything. And we're going to be marked by how we respond to it. And generations are going to know us for how we respond to it. So I think looking through Psalm 145, we get to see what's our response going to be. I love thinking about generations and the characteristics that mark the generations. When we think about the greatest generation, that's, that's my grandparents' generation. They're part of the greatest generation because they, they were great. I mean, they overcame so much. And we go from the greatest generation into the silent generation. The silent generation is that the group of people born between 1925 and 1939. And a lot of us don't really highlight the silent generation because there's not a whole lot to highlight. They're silent. They don't talk a whole lot. Many of them grew up through depression, despair, hardship. They grew up in anger, in doubt, in worry, lacking lots. And so the silent generation is marked by their silence. They, they didn't do a whole lot and they didn't have a whole lot. And then a lot of that changed with the baby boomers. And the baby boomers are, are marked by this, this up-and-coming season for America, this up-and-coming season of being rebuilt. And many boomers today, they get a bad rap from memes on the internet and from uh, young adults saying, okay, boomer, as a political phrase or, or just a knock on boomers because the way that they grew up and the way they've handled things as they've grown up nearing retirement shaped them in a big way. And some people disagree with that and feel like they had more benefits. Some feel they had less benefits. I don't want to get into all that, but I think the baby boomers are marked by some characteristics. And then we go into Gen X, and Gen X is marked by a lot of different characteristics. One of my favorite generations is Gen X because they, uh, they're not necessarily apathetic, but they don't want to bend or break for anyone. They don't think anything is too much of a big deal, and they're going to do what they need to do to get done what they need to get done. And then to contradict that with millennials, which is the next generation, and millennials get a bad rap from the boomers, and the boomers get a bad rap from the millennials. Each generation is marked differently. And millennials are now in the workforce. Uh, they're buying homes. They're working jobs. They're, they're struggling. They're thriving. We're seeing that. And then Gen Z is right behind them. And Gen Z is, is starting to enter into college and high school. And then below that, we have Gen Alpha, which is anyone born after 2012. 
And so when I think of Gen Alpha, I'm going to think, what are my kids going to know about COVID-19 and what we dealt with in 2020 from this outbreak, from this pandemic? Because my kids are Gen Alpha. They were born in the last eight years, and they don't really understand what's going on, but they're affected by what's going on. They don't get to go to school like normal. They don't get to see their friends every day like they're used to. We don't get to go to the zoo on spring break. We don't get to go to Disney World anymore because everything's shut down. We're on a pause. But what if this season marked us, all living generations, from boomers to Gen Z to Gen Alpha, what if it marked us by a season of praise and faithfulness to God because of his faithfulness to us? We've set up some, some resources to help families navigate these tough waters. And you can later on or in another tab, you can go to our Parent Connect Facebook page. Uh, We'll pop that up on the screen as well. But on that page, you can see so many resources that parents should utilize to have conversations with their children, with their grandchildren, with their nieces and nephews, because someone of faith needs to be having conversations with these younger generations so that we can point them to God's goodness in this so that we can remind them of God's wondrous works through all of this and how God is still up to something in this. And so I'm going to encourage you to go to that page, share that page with other parents that you may know who need resources, because we want to help you have that conversation. We want to help you point your children and the children in your life back to God so that they can see his goodness in this, because he is still good. He is still in this, and he's still working. And some of us don't really see that yet, but I hope through the next few verses that we read, you'll be able to see that he is at work. I hope as you look around, you'll be able to see that he is faithful and he is moving. From generation to generation, we're going to see a thread of God still showing up. In verse 5, he says, On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. This glorious splendor is what David is meditating on. What a season of meditation we have. Many of us are homebound by court order. We've been asked to shelter in place. We've been asked not to leave the house unless we're going to the hospital or to get groceries, we've been asked to stay home. And for many of us, staying home means that we're going to be restless or bored, or we're going to run out of things to clean and organize, run out of food in our pantry, run out of shows to watch on Netflix. What if we use this season of extended home time to meditate? What if we modeled meditation well for our children, for our neighbors? What if we encouraged meditation? And so this this quarantine time, this lockdown time that we have, is a time where we can meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty. Romans 18, 8.18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. What a meditation for us to have, is for us to think about this current time we have suffering, And this suffering doesn't even compare to the glory promised to us in the future. We we get to see glory come to fruition because Jesus has taken care of all of that needs to be taken care of for us to receive grace, for us to see that glory come to fruition here today, as well as tomorrow, as well as in the future when we get to heaven, when we get to behold glory in person. We get to see that happen. 
Another way we can meditate is by pick, picking a few scriptures to, to really chew on in this time. Post them in your houses. Post-it notes or write them on whiteboards or chalk or whatever. Find those scriptures that will encourage you. And maybe it's this Psalm 145. Maybe it's a chunk of it that you want to pick out and say, I need to be reminded of that every day, several times a day, so that I can meditate on God for who he is and why he's worthy of our praise, even now, even still, even today. Another form of meditation is through music. Maybe after this is done, you want to rewind and go listen to the songs and sing along. Meditating through music helps us understand who God is. When we're listening to worship music and we're, we're claiming the truths and proclaiming his goodness through our worship is a way we can meditate. And many of us are home, and in the comfort of your own home, you're able to sing a little bit louder than you might when you're up here at church, than you might if you were in a public place. It's always weird if you're at the grocery store and someone starts singing along with the music that they're playing on the loudspeaker. But you're not at the grocery store right now, you're at home. So why don't we use that to sing and proclaim God's goodness? Sing and proclaim who he is and how he's worthy. Like your own Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, we get to sing in moments that pop up. Maybe you're having an extended time with your children and you get to play with them and it, and it triggers a song so you can start singing and your whole family turns into this big musical family. Whether you're good at singing or not, singing prompts joy, and joy prompts us a reminder of who God is. And this next part gives us something that we can meditate on. And this next part is a pivot. So David spent the first seven verses saying, this is God and we should praise him. Here's our foundation for praise. Now let's build on it because there's three big things that we can praise him for, three ways that we can praise. And so we're gonna pick up in verse eight. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Everything God has done, everything God will do, is, is part of God's kingdom. He's bringing his kingdom come on earth as in heaven. His kingdom is a good thing. His reign is a good thing. When God is in control, we can handle it. And the good news is God is in control, so we can handle it. So let's look for how he's in control. But he starts this section with something that we can repeat over and over and over, and I think we should repeat, because this is gospel good news in verse 8. The Lord is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and good to all. Lord, you're gracious. You're slow to anger. You're abounding in love and you're good to all. Let's repeat that over and over, because if we can remember that, then maybe we can live like that a little more. In this season, we're, we're not necessarily slow to anger. We're, we're getting bored. We're getting restless. We're getting impatient because our, our workspaces have changed. Our home life has changed. We used to have freedom where our children would go to school and we could get stuff done. And now our children are here and we can't get stuff done. We used to have opportunity where we could go to work and see like productivity in action. But now we're homebound and we don't get to see as much productivity. We don't get to see 
all the work that we're doing. We don't get to see other people and be encouraged by them. But we still have an opportunity to make those connections. We still have an opportunity to be with each other. Slow to anger doesn't necessarily describe our first instinct, though, because we don't have those outlets to rebuild our patience that we normally do in our normal rhythms. But how good is it that God is slow to anger? How awesome is it to think that he's slow to anger with us who are consistently disobedient, consistently towing the line? But God, you, you're gracious, and in your grace, you're slow to anger. And I think that's worth celebrating. That's worth meditating on, and that's worth remembering that you are slow to anger, you're abounding in steadfast love, and you're good to all. What a season for us to proclaim that, because this season is a season where a lot of people are going to say, well, where's God now? Why would God let this happen? I don't, I don't believe God was surprised by COVID-19. I don't think God is surprised by shelter in place. I don't think he's surprised by our feelings right now and by doubts. I think he's at work in all of them. But this this present suffering doesn't compare to the future glory that we have. I think we're going to see God in action through all of this. And these seasons of doubt, these seasons of trauma, these seasons of, of hardship, these pandemic seasons are seasons where he shows himself in big ways through the body of Christ. And I think that's, that's where we show up, is by being obedient to him, by praising him in, in the midst of our storm, by praising him despite what's going on around us, we know that he's still good. Because every day we can see his goodness in his kingdom come. Every day we can celebrate in a sunrise, or maybe since you're working from home, uh, you may not see the sunrise, but the sunset, we're going to see that and we can praise him in that. We can praise him as our our lungs fill up with breath from him. As, as we get to spend time doing things that maybe we hadn't necessarily gotten to spend time to do before. The next thing that he gives us an opportunity to see, once we see that he is kind and he is caring, that's from his character for his kingdom, he lives out his kindness and his care for his people. And his kindness and his care shows up in verses four, 14 and 16. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. This, this is David speaking to our season right now. If you didn't hear that, let's highlight some more. The Lord upholds who, those who are falling. He raises up those who are bowed down. Not those who are necessarily bowed down to worship, but those who are downtrodden. Those who are, are sad, who are beat down by today, by the season, the Lord upholds those. The Lord raises up. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. This is, this is the season that we're living in right now. God is upholding us as, as we see that we're falling. God is upholding our financial futures as we see the stock market is falling. He's upholding all of our provision as, as we see just ruin on the horizon. He is still providing for us. As I mentioned earlier, we, one, one little church in Garland was able to provide funds and food for hundreds of families and probably well over a thousand families in Garland alone, just through the actions of one little church. 
One church that chooses to believe God is who he is. And in this season where we don't know what's next, where we may not know what our next paycheck looks like, what our retirement account looks like, if it even exists anymore, we're still choosing to give generously. Not so that we can build up our wealth again, not so that we can have enough, but so that all can have enough. And that's God at work through us. As he gives us our food in due season, he opens his hand to satisfy our desires. I I think about in this season, many of us are stuck at home. When I'm stuck at home and I I need a break from what I'm working on, or I've watched too many episodes of a show in a row and I'm just like, I need to go do something. The first thing I think about doing is either opening the freezer or opening the pantry. I think, wow, there's just, this, this pantry is full, but I've got nothing to eat. The freezer is stocked, but I've I got nothing to eat, nothing I want to eat, nothing to snack on. And when I think about that in, in lieu of this statement that David is making is that God is going to satisfy those cravings, those desires, whether it's, it's hunger, it's recognition, it's worth, whatever it is, God is sustaining and providing all the satisfaction we need for us in that season. And in this season where we're doubting, maybe we're not doubting, we're afraid. Maybe we're not afraid, we're unsure. And there's just so much up in the air. God is still at work. If your head is bowed down, if you're falling, if you're lacking, if you're hungry in any variety of ways, God is still gonna show up. God is still gonna meet because he cares and he's kind. And we get to see that modeled today. And then the the last part of this Psalm, verse 17 through 21, his compassion and his preservation his compassion and his, his continual meeting of our needs. Verse 17, the Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. The Lord is near to those who call on him. What a season for us to call on him. What a season for us to cry out to him, say, God, be near. Your your nearness to us is so good and so important. And we need you near because we need someone who is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in love and good to us in this season. Not just good to us, believer, but good to all in this season, because that's who God is. And he's kind in all his works, and he fulfills the desire of those who fear him, and he hears us as we cry out, and he saves us. And so, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. Let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. So when I think about Gen Alpha, or gen beta, gamma, delta, whatever the next generations to come will be called. When I think about what they're gonna say about the COVID generation, the coronavirus survivors, whatever they wanna call this pandemic in years and generations to come, what if we're marked by God's goodness and proclaiming his goodness through it all? What if we are marked by the way we responded to the season by pointing people to the fact that God's still providing, he's still meeting needs. What if our faith became so bold and big in this season that we trusted in him? We trusted that he would meet our needs and the needs of our neighbors. And sometimes meeting the needs of our neighbors came through his provision for us. 
and we were able to step in and do that. A lot of people are worried about the number of people stepping away from the faith or, or putting all their hope and trust in their 401k right now, but I'm looking forward to the number of people that are gonna draw near to God for the first time in this season. Through our testimony, through the way we respond, through the way we're slow to anger, through the way we're pointing people to God's goodness and wondrous works, wondrous deeds in all of this. I don't know what t- tomorrow brings. I don't know what next week brings. None of us really sees what the future looks like right now because everything's so hazy and it's all up in the air. But we know God is good and we know he's still gonna work and we know he's still for us because the God that David sang to thousands of years ago when he wrote this, the God that David was proclaiming when he wrote this is our God too. He's still God today. He's unchanging. He is faithful from generation to generation. He's good to all. And so I want to do something super weird because you're, you're sitting in front of a screen, possibly alone or with your family, with, with your pets maybe, but I want us to read together and then close in prayer. And I, I can't hear you. I'm going to pretend I can. So I'd love it if you read fervently with me, but I want us to read Psalm 145, 21 verses of it together right here as we're connected. And then as, as we close out, I want you to continue to comment and share about God's goodness. How is he at work? How is he providing? How is he showing up? How can you point the next generation and this current generation to the fact that God is still providing? God is lifting us up as we fall. He's raising our heads as we bow down. And he is hearing us and saving us as we cry out to him. So let's close as we read this. Uh, I'm reading from the ESV. If you're online and you can click over, whichever translation you want. Um, But if you want to read along with the words on the screen, it's from the ESV. Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord. All your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known to your children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. 
the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Let's pray. God, you are gracious and we have seen your grace and we recognize your grace. And I ask that we would live out your grace by being gracious with one another. You're slow to anger and abounding in love. And would we model that well? Would we proclaim that well? Would you hear our praise? Would you hear our worship as we live out this season? And from generation to generation, would people know that today we are a people marked by our salvation, marked by your goodness, marked by your wondrous deeds? And would that shine through for years to come? Would that be the staple that holds fast? So God, would you comfort our hearts as we cry out for healing, for relief, for ease? Would you show up and be the one that does that? Would you be the God of miracles in this season who provides in big ways and meets every need that we could even imagine as you satisfy and provide? We thank you for Jesus and the grace that you give us through his death and resurrection, which we're excited to celebrate. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Spring Creek Church Online. If you're blessed by this message, I wanna encourage you to stay connected with us online. And also we would love for you to continue to support the ministry right now. We have many ways to give. You can go to our website, springcreekchurch.org forward slash give, and you can find all the different ways to give there, or you can text give to 96995. And finally, you can feel free to send in a check to us at our address. We have it right here below at the bottom of the screen. And uh, we continue to uh, accept those checks. And so we're excited that uh, the ministry is moving forward. We're excited that you are a part of it, even from a distance. We would encourage you to stick around right now. We're going to have a sermon discussion and uh, we're going to have a great time. So stick around. Psalm 145 is our basis for discussion. And I think it's a great psalm where we get to celebrate God for who he is. And it's a great psalm for this season. And so as we reflect on the message, what do we know about what God has done? What, we can, what can we say for a fact? God has done this. Patrick, what do you say? Uh, you know, if you look at the Bible, you can see from Genesis to Revelation, he's done things like uh, created the entire world, created us, um, created his chosen people. Um, he walked on water. He split the Red Sea. Uh, but I think one of the greatest things that God does, not only in the Bible, but still to this day, is he still speaks to us. Hmm. And so every time that we hear God, it's one of those reminders that not only who he is, but where he is. Yeah. Diana, what do you know about what God has done? Yeah, well, God has done a lot of things. Um, definitely, like, in the New Testament, he has created um, a lot of miracles, um, forgiven adulterous women, given the blind sight, um, allowed people to walk again, um, even brought a little girl back to death from death. And um, yeah, so a lot. Yeah. I think in, in the Old Testament, one of my favorites is he rains down manna from heaven and manna mm. is the food that they needed. I think how cool is it if if we could just go outside and our food would be there? I wouldn't have to decide what to eat. <laughs> I wouldn't have to prepare it. All I have to do is pick it up. It's a big thing. We know for sure he did that. And so when when we hear... King David praising God for his provision, he's kind of referencing, like, we've seen this 
all the way down the line you have provided. And in the New Testament, I just think of the way out that he gives us. As you mentioned, the adulterous woman, the woman at the well, mm. uh, he, he gives a way out. He doesn't condemn, but he sets free. Another thing that Psalm 145 shows us is that generation to generation, things are passed down. Generation to generation gets to proclaim what God has done. Through the generations, we see a line of his provision. What are some things that are passed down that we can say, this is passed down from generation to generation? Uh, I know for for me personally, uh, every single morning I'd wake up and my dad would read the Bible. And so for me, nobody ever had to teach me that the Bible was important. It was something that was passed down just by being around him. Uh, I also love Star Trek because of my dad. Um, so there's things that both spiritual and non-spiritual that I inherit because of an older generation who's impacted me. Yeah. yeah um, for me, it was a little bit different. I did not grow up as a Christian or going to church. Um, but one of the good things that my parents did pass down for me is being a hard worker and being honest. Um, those are traits that I hope to also pass down from generations to generation, um, along with, you know, being a follower of Jesus. Yeah. I think when, when we look at what gets passed down there, there are good things and there are bad things. And we, we inherit some traits that show us what, where did that come from? How did I even learn to blow up like that? How did I even learn to respond at something so small in such a big way? We get to see, well... What if that's ingrained in me from watching my parents, watching my grandparents? Mm. I'm thankful watching my grandparents. I get to see most of my memories are them in church with us. My grandpa staying after church, he would he volunteered as the janitor for the church. So he would actually clean the toilets and he would go up and sweep and set up and all that for free just because he wanted to support the church. But when I think of other things that are passed down from generation to generation, I love baseball. My dad loves baseball. My grandpa loved baseball. My, my parents taught me to love sports in a big way. They prioritize church in a big way. When we look at things that are passed down just culturally in generations, we see political views passed down. Mm-hmm. We see themes through Hollywood. As we look at different types of entertainment, those are really passed down from generation to generation. I love that, Patrick, you referenced that you would watch your dad. You'd see him read the Bible. You didn't even have to ask, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? When you see someone do something so many times over and over and over, you recognize it's important to them. It's habitual and and habits can be really good things. So when we look back on David saying, generation to generation, we'll proclaim your name. We'll praise who you are. We'll talk about the wondrous works. Seeing this season where generations from now will be talking about how we responded I think it'd be so cool if we we probably won't be around to hear it, but I think it'd be so cool to see and hear that we were marked by our faithfulness because of God's faithfulness, to see and hear that we're marked by celebrating his provision in this time, this unknown economic future God provided for us. And David kind of wraps up by talking about God's character, who he is, what what's ingrained in him. And in a way, that's him passing down through his son, Jesus, into us as believers, as the body of Christ, into who we are. What do we know about God's character, and why does it matter? And we are in the season where we have a lot of people watching us right now. And earlier this week, I was a complete, or last week, I was a complete spaz. I was like full of fear, um, because I didn't know what was happening, what's going on. Um, 
it, I had a hard time understanding and really believing that, oh, well, I mean, it's just going to pass really fast. Um, and then I started getting full of fear um, and realizing, and then I quickly realized, well, people are watching us, you know, um, they're watching how we act, what we say, and what we're doing at the grocery stores, like they're watching us. Um, and then you said, like, how can we impact the generation um, after us? It's like, well, you know, by the way, how we're carrying ourselves right now, there are things that we're saying and being full of faith. Um, and then you said something earlier in your message. Um, Oh, that, you know, God is still working. God is still good, even in the midst of this. Um, and one of his characteristics, I just get reminded that, you know, he's full of love and he has good um, and he has good things for us. And it's slow to anger, though we're really fast to be to become angry yeah. at Walmart because there's no toilet paper. And um, so that's. Yeah. Yeah. I think that verse eight of Psalm 145 points out he is gracious and slow to anger and merciful abounding in love and good to all. And if we just look at each one of those as a marker of who God is, he's slow to anger, he's gracious, he's merciful, he's abounding in love and good to all. Those are characteristics that we get to live out as the body of Christ. Me, individual, as a believer in Christ, I'm part of this bigger picture. I'm part of a body of believers. And so we get to proclaim that. We get to celebrate that. We get to model slow to anger. We get to model gracious. And I think people are watching the church right now, and maybe they're skeptical or doubting. They're kind of wondering, well, you can't get together on Sundays anymore. What do you, what's the church good for anymore? Mm -hmm. What are you even doing together? And I think we still are the church. We still are the body of Christ. And as, as an incarnate body of Christ, we get to model those things when we're together, when we're apart, but still together digitally. I mean, we're six feet apart right now, safely. Thanks for sitting so far away from me. But also, we get to be together right now through an online platform. And when we can be together through an online platform, what are people gonna see on their news feeds? What are people gonna see on their Twitters? What's gonna be trending on Twitter when people of faith just step in to be the body of Christ? So I wanna thank you guys for having a conversation with me. Uh, I think it's probably best if we go shelter in place now, head back home. Um, but let's continue to meditate on his wondrous works, on the, the glorious splendor of who he is. So thanks for coming. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>